welcome to another episode of Every Mom Needs a Friend. I have a special one for you today, but I kind of always feel like I say that. So today's episode is kind of along this line. I feel like it's in the same posture of last week. So I'll start with, hi, how are you? I feel like this week has been wild bananas, just busy. I had family in town and I've had consecutive family for about three weeks. But I've mentioned it over on the Instagram, mentioned it, I think, in last week's episode that I just recently went to the IF Gathering, which is something that I am diehard for. I went to it last year and I had an episode about like a recap and I want to do that same thing. But y'all, I feel like I have like three times as many notes as I did last year in a really good way. In fact, I felt a little bit like remorseful because I am such a note taker in those type of situations that I was so focused on the notes and I'm so good at taking notes that I sometimes like compartmentalize it and I don't actually think. I think I'm just good at hearing the person's point and then putting it on paper. Actually, even in college, I feel like I did this too, where when I was in lecture, I was really good at taking the best notes but I would be reading it over later and be like, I don't even remember writing any of this. And so with this if gathering with so many notes, pages and pages of notes, so many good speakers, so many good, just the ways that they put stuff together. I mean, I just could go on and on for every single person. And I actually only just recently, like two days ago, started glancing back at my notes and realizing that I want to do it justice. I don't want the episode about if gathering to just be like, and it was so great. There were so many good points and then really not be able to give y'all any points. I will say I do have a very funny story about us changing hotel rooms. I didn't even know you could actually do this, but it was, I felt necessary. So me, my mom, and my sister-in-law, Molly, we had to uh, move. We almost did it in the middle of the night, but we didn't. We slept one night there. That being said, that'll be a funny story to bring to y'all next week. And I do hope to have some special guests on about it just because it is so interesting to get other people's perspective other than my own. So hopefully y'all love that. Um, That is the update on me as of like right now. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Not really much going on in the Duffy household, except for that Christopher is traveling like a wild man. And so y'all know, if you listen to last week's episode, I'm just in that active pursuit of not creating resentment for that and to just be fully thankful for the work that he's doing if he's here or if he's not here. Kind of sounds a little bit about my relationship with Christ, which is me trying to tangent into today's episode. So today's episode is coming from a place of that I'm feeling like this weight, this heaviness of like, I am challenged or charged with the idea to teach my kids about Jesus. And probably comes off of the fact that last weekend, Christopher and I were able to be a part of child dedications at church. We haven't been able to do it. Uh, We started obviously in Dallas, the church that we went to, I think we were gone the weekend after Ellie was born. And then next we moved to New Hampshire. COVID happened. We had a whole nother baby. And then we moved out here and I was so pumped to do it, but then it just, it didn't line up. It just didn't work. And so when we had Poppy, I was like, this is it. We are going to make the next child dedications. We're going to plan around it. Just so happened to be the same weekend that my parents were going to be in town. So it felt very sweet um, in that sense, just because in um, my faith and and my tradition, we don't um, do infant baptism, but in that we will do everything we can to direct them towards a path that's within God's will. And I feel heavy from that in a good way, I guess, maybe just a full understanding of that these sweet little lives look at me every day for guidance and I am a messed up, broken person. How am I going to do that? (laughs) So we are in another parenting class right now. I'm in many mom's groups. I'm just kind of overloaded in my schedule. 
And so I feel like every week I'm always like, I have all this info. So like the fact that I can't do an episode about if gathering yet just shows that my brain is so in a queue right now of like, what do I have to do today? I have so much to do. I've even mentioned that like my house still doesn't feel settled and it's so hard. Like for my personality in particular, it's hard to host people. It's hard to relax at the end of the night if I know that there's stuff to be done. That being said, when it comes to raising kids, like your work is not done for a long time, if ever. Um, Just even being with my mom this last week and I see the work that she's still putting on me. I mean, we're able to be friends, but she's still always going to be my mom. And so when I think about these girls that the Lord's entrusted me with, that I try to hold with open hands, I'm like, what in the world am I going to do? It's so hard, especially when I am just, like I said, a broken person who has my own doubts and my own relationship with Jesus that I'm working on. So that's kind of what I talk about today. So big intro and hope um, y'all enjoy this episode. It definitely is one that I would love to hear some feedback on. So hit me up on Instagram. All right. Y'all are the best. Hope you enjoy it. Love y'all so much. Okay, so we're past February, we're past this month of love, and I feel like it's cliche to talk about love in February, so here I am in March trying to bring it back up. But I do love to talk about love when it comes to, you know, I love my husband or how I love my kids. But you know, it's interesting when we think about, you know, God loving us, because love is how we use it, is a human word that we use to describe the way that, yeah, that I love my husband, that I love my kids, that I love, gosh, a chocolate milkshake. But it does bother me because I don't know if it's like the limitations of English, but when I say that I love chocolate milkshakes and that God loves me, and when I'm talking to my kids and like, oh, God loves you, it's very confusing. It's confusing to a four-year-old. It's confusing to a 31-year-old. So I am no pastor. I'm no theologian. There is a lot of information about this. There is a lot of pastors that talk about this from the pulpit. But obviously, if we turn to the Bible, um, it talks about the greatest commandment is love. Um, in Mark, Mark 12, let's see, 12, 30 through 31, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than this. So thinking about that, I'm like, okay, love is huge. And it's so important. It's so natural when it comes to my kids. Or, you know, I love my husband in a different way. I feel like it's the cliche, but going into Corinthians, Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, it talks here about love being patient, kind. It does not envy, boast. It's not arrogant, rude. It does not insist on its own way gosh, slap in the face. It's not irritable, resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. So I'm like, okay, wow, there's like that point that I want to pull on, that thread that I want to pull on about God, um, you know, kind of like surpassing knowledge and that love is like greater than that. And it's hard for me because I feel like all day I'm answering questions to my kids. Why, 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 why? And so knowledge is such an important part. And I'm really hoping that love kind of penetrates through that. But I love how um, this speaker was talking about finding God in the ordinary. And I think there's like a podcast about this. There's books about this. It's so easy as a stay-at-home mom to get lost in the mundane. And so when I think about that God, he is the ultimate creator of all things. All things I can see, all things I can't see. And so how often am I passing over an opportunity to see God's handiwork in me, in my life, in the things I'm doing, in my kids' because I'm just like going through the motions. And 
as cliche as it sounds, it's like, wow, like that is so convicting. And so I felt like, oh my gosh, like, Lord, what am I supposed to be doing with this? Because being a mom requires a lot of mundane work. So talking about God being in the ordinary, you're going to pass over it if you aren't looking for it, if that makes sense. And so as you pursue your relationship with Jesus, you might see him showing up in ways that you would typically pass over. So it's really easy. We do dishes a lot in my house, probably do a lot in your house. So, you know, I've heard people talking about like, as you know, you're washing your dishes, each dish, like pray over that kid that ate on that dish. And as you're wiping it away, think about how Jesus, like he wipes us clean. Like I can think of something I did that day or something I'm struggling with as I wipe all of that nasty food, which yuck, all of my mistakes are gone because Jesus wipes us clean. So I'm like, okay, how can I find God in the dishes? And then I was thinking about, okay, I'm so proud of my kids. I'm my mom probably somewhere is like, pride goeth before the fall. But it's true. I'm so, my kids become my idol. My marriage becomes my idol. I'm so proud of it. But God can work everything for good. So like, how can I use that pride that I have in my kids and my husband? How can that be like, flipped on its head and be good. So when I think about my kids doing something amazing, like they're really into magnet tiles right now. And so when they build these like masterpiece magnet tile fortresses, I'm so proud. I'm like, oh my gosh, you did that. But if I'm proud of them, think about how God looks at me, looks at us. Wow. And then this one always comes to me when it's something bad, but like, okay, like when I don't have my health or my kids are not healthy, or if there's like a part of me that's aching and paining, I feel like in those moments, I'm like, oh Lord, I will never forget this. I'm going to make sure I don't take it for granted. But to pause and be like, wow, I am so thankful for what my body can do. I'm thankful that I'm able to work out or that I'm able to go on this walk or that I'm able to just get up out of bed in the morning. It's one of those reframing moments of you think about people who can't do that either on their own or at all. And it's, I mean, that type of stuff like sends me into a tailspin and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so ungrateful and turns it all negative. But those thoughts, those negative thoughts, the shame, that that's not from the Lord. And so pausing and being thankful, like that is finding God in the quote unquote ordinary. And then this one always gets me when people come and visit, especially because now we live in a different place. I tend to, when I'm driving from point A to point B, when I first moved to a city, my eyes are just looking all around. I'm a very distracted driver. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at the trees, look at the road, look at where the houses sit, look at all the different features of this part of the country. But then over time, I just stop looking around. I just focus on where I'm going or problem, which is scary. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even remember driving here. But when people come and visit us, they look around. I think I talked about it recently when my sister-in-law Ashley was in town. She just was looking around so much and noticing all these different attributes of the Pacific Northwest. And so looking around when I'm driving, that's finding God in the ordinary, looking at the trees, looking at the road, looking at, I mean, gosh, we're in a car. What in the world? Like, I don't know how a car works. I just trust that it turns on and takes you from point A to point B. So that could be finding God in the ordinary. But so when I think about my kids and I think about how I want to teach them to think of God, I feel like that is the goal. That's the purpose. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And so the two words that came to mind, especially because they're just sweet when you think about kids, is wonder and passion. So for wonder, okay, I, I know in my head, like it comes to mind, our God is a God of wonders. And when I say that, I mean like God is a God of like miraculous works. And we are called to wonder at him and about him. 
And I just feel like I'm like, wow, Lord, like that is a form of worship as we admire who he is and what he's doing. So wondering, I almost called it wandering, but I'm like, wait, wandering and wondering are not the same thing. I keep accidentally almost saying wandering. And I don't think the Lord wants us to wander from him, but he does want us to wonder about him. And then passion. So I feel like this changes the end game. Don't just be educated about God. Be like sprinting towards him. That's what you do when you have passion for something. And I think at the end of the day, our goal is to inspire our kids to want to learn about God. You can't force them to love God. You can encourage them, inspire them to want to learn about God so that they can pursue an individual relationship with him. So as I thought through this and I was preparing for today, I thought, okay, that sounds really nice, right? Like, oh my gosh, those are cool, like sound bites. Actually speaking, like, what do I want to teach them about God? Like, what do I want to inspire them to know, learn, want to know more of about God? And I broke it down into five things faith, forgiveness, life, love, and eternity. So faith, this allows for the doubts and the questions. Super important. I was just recently in a small group where a guy said, I want every single one of my kids' doubts to be worked out before they are 18 so that when they go to college, they're this very foundationally solid Christian. And I like kind of like was kicking myself, but I spoke up and I like, I felt embarrassed, but I was like, uh, devil's advocate here. I just don't know if you're going to be able to do that. Or maybe you will. That's great. Strive towards it. But like at 31, I'm working through things that I'm not sure I would have even been able to work through at 18, 17, 16, 15. Yes, there is a foundational aspect to it. And maybe that's what he was saying. But I'm like, don't consider yourself a failure if at 30, your kids are still questioning things, doubting things, wanting to talk to you or a pastor about this and that, that they just don't understand about faith. Cause I just think we're not, we're not going to figure it out. Right? Like that's part of the thing is that God is mysterious. And so this guy, I mean, he had noble intentions, but I'm like, you're not going to be able to do it. So don't consider yourself a failure. <laughs> you know what I mean? But so faith, um, I want to allow for doubts and questions. Next is forgiveness. And oh, okay. Woof just change the audio a little bit. Hopefully this is a little clearer, but okay. Next is forgiveness. So when I want to talk to them about God, I want to, I want to make sure they know the story of forgiveness, how God forgives them so that they can forgive others and they can forgive goodness themselves. I just feel like in another word, this is ultimate grace, the, the act of giving forgiveness when it's not deserved. And I think for my girls, I want to make sure that they don't struggle with forgiving themselves that that shame and embarrassment of their sins, their struggles, whatever's happened to them, whatever they've done, that that's not something that they have to live with. That's not their identity because of the blood of Jesus. And so I want to make sure that's important, but I just feel like a lot of people are coming to mind right now that struggle with forgiving themselves, that it might be whatever they are in the Enneagram or just whatever sin bents they have, make them have a propensity to carry their shame on their shoulders. And I just think that teaching that you can forgive others, you can also forgive yourself, um, is just a huge part in understanding God's identity and how it relates to us. And I just don't want my girls to lose that. Gosh, I could go on that one forever. So I'll move on. Um, the next one is life. So how to live in the daily, how to be independent. Like it's so important to teach, um, our children, um, especially in the framework of God and how he's created us to, you know, leave the nest at 18 or whenever it is. Um, such an interesting 
concept. And right now I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even understand. Like my girls need them to just even like wipe them right now. And so the fact that there would be a time that they would leave, um, Lord willing and don't know what's going to happen. But I guess my point is, is like a huge part of teaching my kids about God's will and design for them is to teach them to be independent. So to, to how to live um, and how to be independent. So, okay, next is love. So this whole episode is on love, but ultimately using Jesus as the example, there's no way that I can't talk about this without just diving into the Bible. So for me, even as someone in her thirties, I'm still trying to read the Bible with fresh new eyes. And so teaching my girls that you know, Jesus is this ultimate example of love is everything. And um, that can extend to friendship love, a sacrificial love, a romantic love, um, teaching them maybe just even through example of hoping that our marriage would be something that they would be able to use as an example in the future. So just such an interesting thought. Whoa. Okay. Next is eternity. So I feel like this is a huge concept when we're talking about God or teaching our children about God and Eternity is just really just for me, just that this life on earth is not the end of our story. I feel like I have heard people talk about that, like we're supposed to be like aliens on this earth, that it shouldn't feel like home, like we should feel in kind of a constant sense of unrest. I mean, it's what did they say, a God-sized hole in our heart. We are just not going to be able to feel ultimately settled and we shouldn't. Uh, Beth Moore, one of my favorite speakers, women, um, just to learn from, she said, sometimes God puts you through hell uh, on earth so that you don't have hell for eternity. And I just think about that that idea of eternity. Whoa, like hard concept to even understand. And I don't even know how I would even bring that up with a like four-year-old, but it is something that is really like a pillar of who God is. He is eternal before us, after us. And so feel like that's an important part to kind of talk and teach them about. But y'all have heard me say this on this episode and then heard me say it in other episodes, but that we only have them for 18 years, plus or minus, of course. So when I think about that, I think about the goal is to enter into those teenage years and then to an adulthood. I just really could sum it into that. I just want them to make smarter decisions. I want them to have stronger relationships and to grow deeper in their faith. So with all this big talk, let's finish with a big question. So, okay, one, two, three. So I want y'all to ponder, you could say wonder, um, as you're in your today, what are the ordinary moments that you could discover God's work on you? And this could be, again, no therapist here, but this could be both peaceful or painful as you enter into this thought process. Goodness. I just want us to yearn for more of God, but it might be like we need to learn to yearn for God even when it's tough. Um, I always thought growing up right before a soccer game, I'd be getting ready. I'd be, you know, on the field and they're about to blow the whistle to start the match. And I'd always pray like, God, let us win. And I would rarely, maybe never would I finish the game and talk to God about what happened in the game, good or bad. And, you know, that's just a child's perspective on who God is and what he does. And it's kind of like the, what do they say, magic genie, just like, give me my wishes, give me my things. And like, obviously wrong, um, but I, I did think of it that way. And so I feel like it's just something completely different and more of a relationship if you're teaching your kids to bring God into those ordinary moments. Um, but yeah, okay, I'll leave this with you today. Hope y'all enjoyed this. Oh,
I'll bless you with a short little outro. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Feel free to reach out on Instagram and y'all just have a wonderful day. Love y'all so much. Bye.